everybody. Welcome back to this week's episode of Bruins Tape to Tape. I'm your host this week, Caroline, and I'm joined by my very lovely co-host, Maria. Hello, Maria. Hello, Caroline. Hello, everyone. Thanks for uh, for tuning in to our latest episode. Uh, we might be recording this, folks, in, in record-breaking time because it's highly unusual that we are recording on the same night that the Boston Bruins have a game that we both would like to watch. Indeed, that's because today is February 13th, so happy Galentine's Day to all of our uh, female hockey fan friends. We're at, you know, here celebrating women in sports every day by talking about sports ourselves. So uh, we also then, of course, can't record tomorrow because it is Valentine's Day. And tonight is a very important game that we both want to watch because... It is, of course, Brad Marchand's 1,000th career game, all of them with the Boston Bruins. So we're going to dive right in. I'll set the table really quickly. Just some uh, big news and things that we've uh, seen come our way over the past week or so. Uh, Obviously, we've all heard the news about Matt Patras. He's out for the season, getting some repairs done. Um, That's, you know, Good timing. I think that was the best decision for all. And hopefully that recovery is quick. Um, we've we're already starting to see some trade deadline rumors, you know, just like how uh Black Friday has been creeping more and more every year into Thanksgiving. The trade deadline has been creeping more and more uh into all-star break territory and ha- has already gone beyond. Uh, so it seems like there are probably already some rumors starting. Um, we won't speculate necessarily ourselves, at least at this point in time, because who knows what can happen there. Um, too early. Too early. So early. The deadline is March 8th. So, you know, we're, we're under 30 days. You never know. Last year, the Bruins picked up, uh, Bert on that very last day. So anything is possible, right? Bert Orlov Hathaway. Mm-hmm. I mean, Don Don Sweeney was uh, making he's deals working. like he was a drunken pirate. Uh, but <laughs> I don't think he's going to have the same luxury come this trade deadline. No, the cash is thin. The cash is thin. Um, and then we will talk very briefly about, of course, our short king, Brad Marchand, uh, after we talk about the games. But Maria, you said you needed to correct the record on something. I I do. I do. Um, When we recorded our awards episode and we were talking about the award for our um, Norris Trophy winners, the uh, Defenseman Award, I mistakenly said that Carlo and Lindholm do not play on the PK. That was an error on my part. I meant to say they don't get regular time on the power play in comparing statistics and time on ice. So um, when I heard that replay, I thought, oh, my God, you sounded like a fool. So oh. I just want to correct myself. You know, if uh, Connor McDavid can go up in front of the entire NHL fan base at the All-Star game and call Bobrovsky, Sam Bobrovsky, instead of Sergey, you can say that. <laughs> <laughs> so let's dive in uh this week was not an awesome week however i will say 
on par with a lot of the NHL, which makes me feel better because you come off of a 10-day break. Folks need to remember, when we see the players start the season in early to mid-October, that's not the first day that they've laced up their skates, right? They have been training hard and they have been in game, real game situations for a good month prior to the start of the season. So taking 10 days off when you're an elite athlete, it's like taking a year off practically from exercising. If you're not, you know, staying 100% on top and doing it exactly at the same pace and level as you were before. And we've been seeing the results of that across the league. So everybody, let's take a breath because this is relatively expected. And quite frankly, even if it wasn't expected, everybody else is doing the same thing. So we're all on par. That is not, however, an excuse for the absurdly terrible performances <laughs> that we saw yeah. both on the sixth against Calgary, when that was a four to one loss, and a their I believe first blank against in the this season uh, on the tenth against the Capitals. Sadly, both of which were performances where Jeremy Swayman was in net, and quite frankly, he was the only Boston Bruin to show up to work. So the entire team. Uh, needs to apologize and buy him lots of roses for Valentine's Day this year because they left that poor man out to dry. Yeah, it was um, it, it, this the, this three stretch of games where you have um, lackluster play against the Calgary Pl Flames a and, and the Washington Capitals, which are are teams that virtually have not much to play for in the scheme of how their seasons have been going. And you pull almost no shows. Now, by all accounts, they've they've had the ability they're they're home for a good long stretch. And I, I understand all the break stuff, but at some point you the break is over. You take your head out of your proverbial you know what's mm -hmm. and you roll up your sleeves and you get back to work. Right. Supposedly, practices were good, and then you put your skates on, and you step on your home ice, and you play like dog poo, in my, in my mind. And I'm not the only one who feels this way, because after the loss to the Capitals, Coach Montgomery said after the game, things will change, or there will be changes. Right. So I don't know who those warning shots hmm. were fired to. But virtually, that could have been a warning shot to the entire roster except the goalies. Right. They, again, they were the only ones who came to work. Yeah. And, and this doesn't make games. me feel warm and fuzzy no. about a potential playoff series. Yeah. This, this is a three-game stretch where you're like, bad game, good game against a very good team in the Canucks. Very good team mm -hmm. in the Canucks. And then a bad game. Like, what are we doing here at this time of the season? Yeah. You know, that first game, it was almost like a comedy of errors. And I could, I could, you, you know, wave that one away. You know, like nothing was going their way. And some nights 
the hockey gods say, yeah, right. And everything that could go wrong goes wrong. And I felt like that definitely was the case with that first game. I mean, for me, the hallmark moment in that entire game, like the perfect description of how everything was going wrong was a, and I don't even remember exactly when in the game this was, but there was a pass. I want to say it was to Freddie. Could have been Lauco, but I want to say maybe it was Freddie. And he like couldn't catch it. And it was like in his feet. And he's literally standing there, just like how I see the eight-year-olds on my daughter's team with the with the puck between his legs. And he's like spinning in circles looking for the puck. I'm like, what? Oh my God. So yeah. you know, and that that's that's a tip, right? Like every one of the guys on the team, like. That is some freaky, weird, bad luck. Like, that is so bad. That is not, that's just bad luck. And, 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 I, and at, to add insult to injury yeah. in that game, okay, mm -hmm. you, you finally get a goal on the board against mm -hmm. Calgary, okay, uh, on a five on three, okay, where Zaka scored a beautiful goal. And then what do you do to follow up that too momentum? Too many men on the ice. And it killed any momentum or any chance you would have had to get back in that game. It did. I think they just, at that point, you know, we've seen the Bruins be in a situation like that. And they've been able to at least, you know, try one more time. But I think they just, at that point, saw the writing on the wall and were like, there's literally nothing we can do in this moment to fix this and to make this stop. So, you know, I was glad to see what I interpreted as a very positive response for the next game. However, because we're talking about the crap games from this past week, <laughs> then whatever the heck happened against Washington, to me, that was the inexcusable game. I will excuse that first game. Like I said, it was a weird freak night. Nobody could do a single thing right. It was as if they were playing hockey for the first time. But that Washington game, what trouble, I don't even want to say that it troubles me because, again, we talk about this all the time. The season is an 82-game marathon. Don't judge the whole season or, you know, how we'll do towards in the back half on, you know, one or two games here or there, right? Because look at December, it was awful, but then January was phenomenal, right? Like, you got to kind of average everything out. The one thing that I really don't love this year in particular, and this has been a thing with the Bruins for a while, is when they're up against a team that is, I almost want to say, like, desperate to prove something or you know maybe they're on the playoff bubble like they have more to lose than the Bruins going into that game and it seems like then those are the games that they always kind of lay this egg right like Calgary they I think at the time they have to leapfrog like five teams to be in playoff contention Washington's on the bubble 
But, you know, other teams that they've played who are really, really good teams, they are throwing everything that they've got at those teams. And it is an evenly matched or very good competitive game. I don't I hate that. I I was going to say I don't like it, but I will straight up say I hate it when this happens. Um, I, I, I can't explain it other than it's clearly something psychological because they are definitely better than these teams. And yet they got shut out for the first time in a lot. First time this season. Yeah. But the first shutout they've suffered in quite some time. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Quite some time. And, you know, I think that's why, you know, Co Coach Montgomery was visibly pissed off mm -hmm. in his post game. Yeah. Because it's as, as, as a coaching staff, it's got to be so maddening when. You know, you 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 see the guys practicing on the ice. You know you've had good practices, and then you watch them come out, and they can't execute a goddamn thing. Yeah. Now, I, I don't want to take anything away from the Washington Capitals because they played a fast game. Yes, speed gives the Boston Bruins trouble. We all know that this has been an ongoing issue for Boston Bruins teams for years. But they also didn't give the Bruins much, if anything, up the middle of the ice. And Everything was pretty much kept to the outside, and it didn't allow them any opportunity yeah. or to get any sustained offensive zone pressure, any you know high danger scoring chances, absolutely nothing. Right. And, and and this is when I, I I also get myself a little bit um, worked up. You know, because these these games, the Caps and the Flames, you need somebody to do something to change the momentum of a game. Mm -hmm. You know, some type of, you know, bone crushing hit. And I'm not saying a dirty hit, but a clean, solid hockey hit mm -hmm. to get some kind of jump out of your team. W where is this? Like, right. uh, and I'm going to call this guy out. Charlie McAvoy. Where the hell are you? I know, because it can't just always be Brad Marchand, right? Like, yes, he is the captain. He's the leader. That's how he leads. But, like, there is, it's almost like there is a leadership of committee, by committee, right? You have two alternate captains. And if one of those two young men have any intention of becoming the captain next, like. What are they doing out on the ice in the game to get that going? To I, I you know, it it's not obvious to me, but it's definitely not that, right? So yeah. that's really it, frustrating. It's it's it, the, these are two very frustrating games. I the the game against the Capitals was what I would refer to as fugly, and I'll leave it up to the uh, listeners to figure <laughs> out what that means because um, I. Don't want to say it during our recording. Um, and and I don't blame fans for yeah. booing. No. I do the 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 cat calls or the feigned, the mock cheering when the Bruins actually finally got a shot <laughs> on that. Okay. And not to mention the Bruin in the game against the Caps, the Bruins were either 0 for 3 or 0 for 4 on the power play. Yeah. Okay. Talk about trying to change the momentum of a game 
You couldn't even capitalize on the power play opportunities you were given. Yeah. Yep. Yep. I think I'm going to be optimistic because I know that this team has the capacity to respond and have those kind of like response games. So, you know, I'm this the way that this season has gone, I'm optimistic, but especially not just because, you know, their coach was upset with them and and they know, you know, what they did wrong and stuff like that. But this time what was different was the fact that the the the, the fans really let them have it. And I think for a lot of the guys on this team, they've never had that experience. It doesn't happen often. It no. hasn't happened often. No. Um to to the Boston Bruins, particularly those that are, you know, have been core players, uh-huh. um, veteran players. But, you know, they took accountability for it, which is great, right? Yeah. Brenda Carlo acknowledged, you know, to some degree and blame fans. Um, Charlie Co- Coyle did the same thing. So let's see what happens tonight. You yeah. know, yeah. they've been good with these types of quote unquote bounce back games. Yeah. But I don't want to see this pattern nope. become <laughs> the constant consistent it's just not acceptable this does does not garner confidence if you want to be a true playoff contending team right because at this point too you're starting to expose your true weakness and you know that's not good either you need to continuously be unpredictable in how teams beat you because the teams will beat you right it's it's the nature of the game no one's ever going to go 82 and 0 so if you can at least diversify how you lose, that's going to serve you well going into playoffs because it's going to take your opponent that much longer to really figure out how to beat you. But on the flip side... Um, well, and and just the other ugly thing from this ga- game was the um, Matt Grizzlick. Oh, I almost forgot about that because yeah, it we- was ridiculous. And I will say, look... Because we're going to talk about this later. Yes. I. You got to call it all, right? You got to call it out. We will always call that kind of ridiculous behavior out. And I would like to point out that uh, our version of Talking Heads, I mean, you know the Boston sports media better than I do because I don't listen to those Talking Heads. But, you know, I didn't hear any excuses being made for his spearing incident that was straight into the family jewels, as you like to say. So uh, that's that's always kind of a low blow, certainly, literally. <laughs> and, you know, nobody was defending that kind of behavior. And I will say as a Bruins fan, because I think that that culture that's in the locker room in Boston of accountability has bled into you know, the the media room at Nesson, um, you know, nobody's um, making excuses for Matt Grizzly. Uh, and I wonder now, like, not saying that Matt Grizzly's future in Boston is, you know, in jeopardy because of this particular incident, but I will say, and I've said this before, he's a very good player, but when he screws up, he screws up big yeah you and have that, that was a yeah. big screw up that and, and whether <laughs> you want to argue that was it was inadvertent or accidental 
I don't give a crap. The rule book is very clear on that call. It is automatic, okay? Five-minute major, game misconduct. And I've said it on this pod more than once. These players are not inexperienced players. You need to be in control of your stick. So if we're going to rail against Jacob Truba when he shoved his stick in Trent Frederick's face, then I'm railing against this, okay? You're already struggling, dude, with your, your, you know, how you're playing the season. You, you've got to know where your stick is as a defenseman at all yeah. times. Yep. No. Defenseman, forward, I, I don't care what position you play. Yep. Control your stick. Right. I mean, it's it's lesson number one when you play mini mites for crying out loud. Saw it this weekend. Mini mites were playing before my daughter's scrimmage and the kid was, you know, walking around with a stick all funny and weird, like just in the way. And, you know, people were saying it like, you got to control your stick. Your blade's always got to be on the ice. You're in control of your stick. Like it's he's been hearing it since he was at least six years old. So it's no excuse. No. There's and no and Grizzlick was also fined um the maximum under the yeah. CBA of, of five thousand dollars for. So, you know, the Bruins again, now I think the Caps only ended up scoring one goal during mm-hmm. that five minute major. Uh, but still it wasn't ideal mm-hmm. to have to play the rest of the game. With only five defensemen. Right. So the win, um, I want to get your take on this because the the guys on Morning Brew had said something to this effect, and, and I felt very similarly in that, yeah, it felt like a, like, you know, it was good. It was good to see them kind of get their feet under them and whatever, but it didn't really feel like an all-out domination it actually you know and a win is a win is a win I'm not gonna complain any which way about it but it kind of felt like yeah the Bruins were good they were you know re- clearly responding to criticism and you know whatever from the previous game but I think they also got really lucky in that Vancouver didn't have it that night no they, they just did didn't not have it and they 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 were ailing from the same malaise that yeah. the Bruins seem to have on this homestand, which mm-hmm. is shaking off the cobwebs after yeah. a break. Right. So and and you know I don't think that Vancouver's best players were in fact their best players mm-hmm. that night. And so give credit where credit is due to the Bruins taking advantage of that. But right. I'm still not sure it was the right litmus test. Yeah. Yeah. It was, like I said, it, they were good. There were good moments. I mean, Allmark obviously did a fantastic job in that game. But, you know, it was the most out, the most outstanding part was the um, the two shorties. I mean, that was the most exciting. And that was pretty much it. Otherwise, you know, it was a pretty steady dare I say, a kind of boring game, um, which is okay. You know, again, like I said, a win is a win is a win. Uh, what I didn't love was then what it led into. But 
We've already yeah. talked about that. We've already um, talked about that. Yeah. And I don't think Vancouver ever really recovered from giving yeah. up too shorthanded goals. No, I mean, that's just a morale killer right there. You know, to have that happen in a game is just how do you come back from that? It's yeah. Um, final thoughts on that Vancouver win. Um, let's see. Let's see. Um, you know, it, it, given the fact that Vancouver didn't have a good game, the Bruins never let them think that yeah. they could come back from yeah. that deficit. So I will give them credit for that. Yeah. Um, you know, and it seemed like the Bruins were um, they were decisive and aggressive with huh. the puck and they they had their skating legs for the majority yes. of that night. Yep. Um, yeah. I agree. And I thought they were they were physical, although I'm looking at the hits from that game and, you know, Vancouver was credited with 39 where the Bruins wow. were only credited with 30. So, you know, again, and we, we can dive into this later because I, I know we want to uh, keep on keep on task here, but I still have concerns about physicality. Where oh, yeah. The Bruins are concerned. Yeah, that's that's been uh, an area of concern and challenge for them for quite some time. I mean, you know, they they have big guys on the team, but they're not quite as physically aggressive as I think they probably could be. Um, you know, like, I mean, Carlo is one. He's a huge player. Um but yeah, that physicality, I mean, and, and you know, considering his concussion history, by no means am I saying like, man, I really wish he'd be throwing more hits like him. No, he does not need to be doing any more of that if that's going to lead to additional concussions. Like I want I want his his brain to stay preserved <laughs> and in good shape. Um, So. Kind of a weird week, Um, you know, not something that we particularly loved, but. On to the next week, right? We're 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 still trucking along. We've got uh let's see two months, two months, six to eight weeks left. So um we're getting there. We're getting we're getting there. It's it's starting you're starting to see, you know, all the other teams, players, injuries, struggles. Uh this is this is where it gets really hard. Um, because you're like there, but almost you're not quite there. Nobody is really set in stone for where they are with the playoffs yet. So I think this is the kind of the, the slog time for a lot of teams and a lot of players. It's like trying to stay motivated and focused. I can't blame them um, for struggling in that. But a couple other things that we want to talk about before we run off and watch tonight's game. Um, I'm going to dive into this one. And Maria, you know, certainly chime in because I know you have opinions. So normally we save what the chirp for the very end, but I'm bringing it up now. We we jokingly talk about my uh, dislike of Toronto and how happy I am when things go wrong for them. This time, Toronto, I'm pissed as a hockey fan. As a human being, as a parent of a kid who plays hockey, who's learning to play hockey, their behavior, 
their response and not just the team, but the entire Toronto Maple Leafs um, media talking heads, organizations, whatever you want to call them. Every single one of them should be ashamed of themselves as humans for their response to the uh, Ottawa game from the other night. So if unless you've been living under a rock, you know that um, I don't even know how you actually say his name. Grieg? Grieg? Greg? Grieg? Whatever from uh, <laughs> Ridley Greg. Yeah, I'd say Greg. Ridley Greg. 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 Yeah, Greg. The Ottawa player <laughs> uh, went and took a slap shot to an empty net. The result was then that Morgan Riley went, didn't like it, and he went up to him and he cross-checked the guy in the head. And then shenanigans ensued. I think every single human being on this uh, in this country, at least, and then probably on, in this whole world, has heard the expression, two wrongs don't make a right. To the Ottawa team, to the Ottawa players, I would say, can you please behave like you have won a game before? Which means be a good winner, because you can be a bad winner, too. You could be a poor winner, right, where you mock people for, for your win. And Toronto, and I'm saying this in all seriousness, even though I could say it jokingly, can you please behave like you have lost a game before? Because everybody has lost a game before, and that is bad losers. I don't care. Like, I don't care what the Ottawa player did. Because he, he what? He shot the puck into an empty net in a quote-unquote rude way, does not give you the right to then go and take a stick to the head of that player. And the response from Sheldon Keefe is an embarrassment. Yep. He should be embarrassed yep. for, by yep. his response. For him to say that he saw nothing wrong with that play, for him to imply that that is acceptable behavior in this world is absurd and for him to then even have the audacity to say well i looked at the footage of that cross check to the head and that wasn't any worse or than other cross checks to the head that i've seen so he shouldn't even really get that bad of a penalty sir the cross checks to the heads of those in those other instances all happened in game as part of hockey plays what your player who embarrassingly skates around with an a on his chest decided was that this other player offended him by again shooting the puck in a quote-unquote rude way so the appropriate response to losing is to take your stick and bash his head in and Ryan Reeves, you oh, sit, don't even get me started on that douchebag. You sit your ass bag. down. Yeah. Because yeah. I think we all know as Boston Bruins fans that by you saying, oh, well, he would have still been laying there. Sir, yeah. what a douche. You, where were yeah. you when Brad Marchand was on the ice the last time you guys played? I he don't think the bench. so. Exactly. Yeah. So you sit down and you shut up because you have nothing to contribute to this conversation. And 
Sheldon Keefe, you are an embarrassment to coaches. You are an embarrassment to the league. You are an embarrassment of an adult. And your children and your family should be ashamed of you as a human being. That was this, disgusting. This team is just circling. They they are as soft as dog shit, okay? When, when a coach comes out and says that his guy was only making a hockey play and he has a right to react in that moment, that's the emotions of the game, I, I, it, it's, it's, it's appalling. And you know what? I'm, I'm going to take it even one step back. These unwritten rules, okay, about how, you know, a player shouldn't, you know, take the slap shot in the open net or shouldn't skate on their side of the eye. These are built-in excuses yeah. for players to act like assholes when they do what Morgan Riley did. And yeah. if it makes you feel any better, my friend, a post just came out from the Department of Player Safety, and Morgan Riley has been suspended for five games. Good. So good. I applaud them for that. But honest, honest to God, just the way that they are circling the drains on each other on their season it's just disgusting and and let me be clear right if this yeah. was brad marchand if oh. this was brad marchand they okay, don't want his head they they would have called 911 mm -hmm. yeah and like look i understand you know from the player's perspective they wouldn't have liked it if there was a little bit of pushing and shoving after that, we probably wouldn't have been having this conversation. Not that, and I'm not saying that some pushing and shoving after that would have been an appropriate response. Correct. I am fine with that. I understand I that, the, that. that the that the emotions in the moment could be very high for the players on the ice. But just like we said that you have to have control over your stick, you have to have control over your entire body. When you are playing a game where you could seriously hurt somebody, and that is unforgivable. Like, if something had gone wrong, if something had happened, can you imagine? Because you were pissed that you lost one game out of an entire season of 82 games. Behave like you have been here before. Because you sure, you, Toronto? Sure as hell have been here before. So now, don't pretend like you have to, to the Ottawa player, right? You were a douche for taking the slap shot. Okay. Right. Yes. You're a dickhead. That was right. a dickhead move. Just the seal the puck into the net. I know it's an emotional right. game. You're, you know, rivals. Be an adult. Okay. Don't be a dickhead. No. All right. But does that justify? Mm -mm. No. <laughs> Cross check to the head. No, that's the kind of crap that does not belong in the NHL. And for yep. anybody to try and make any type of a justification for that. And, and that's your mouth. I don't want to hear from you. Exactly. And that's what I was alluding to earlier when we were talking about the Macrislic spear situation that. If you go and find, you know, go out on social media, you will see 
almost ev- pretty much every single Toronto talking head, uh, you know, on Sportsnet or TSN or whatever, they're all in Camp Riley. That he was in his right. That he did the right thing. And it's like, are you in... You are clearly in La La Land because I know you know that that was not appropriate. And yet you are just so in the brainless cults of Toronto Maple Leaf fandom. You can't even see that that was unacceptable. So... That's my my rant uh, for for this week because uh, it's one well, that I feel passionate about. Because okay. that's just the Maple Leafs shit. are already struggling. Um, I believe that they are right now a wild card team. Good, good, good luck without Morgan Riley for the next mm-hmm. um for the next five games. Good yep. luck to you. Exactly, they should be embarrassed. Yeah. Um, but on to more positive things because. Screw the Leafs. I don't want to think about them any longer than I ever have to. Around the rink, uh, a nice little hat tip, stick tap to uh, Alex Petrangelo of the Golden Knights. Last night, he played in his 1,000th NHL game uh, against the Wild. So, you know, that is a rare club. Uh, it's it takes a lot of work. It it's hard on the bodies. Yep, hard on the body. So yep. So stick tap, tap to stick him. Stick tap to Alex. Yep. yep. A well deserved. Every every player who earns that silver stick, that silver stick is well deserved. So, um, but speaking of one thousand games, <laughs> we have one of our own tonight. We have our own. So tonight, uh, Brad Marchand, Marchand is about to start his 1,000th game. Um, Maria, question, because this hilarious tweet ended up in our Discord. And if you're not in the Discord, <laughs> you need to join because we got some hilarious people who uh, find some pretty hilarious memes and things out there. Um, out on Twitter, Methbear asked... Would you rather fight 100 rat-sized Brad Marchands or one Brad Marchand-sized rat? (laughs) (laughs) I got to tell you, that was one of the funniest things I saw in the Discord today. And the response was fantastic. A hundred of those guys running around in the NHL. I'm, I, I don't know which would be more terrifying. (laughs) Uh, it would be vastly entertaining. It would be um, extremely entertaining. I believe somebody said in our Discord um, that they would actually then try to trap them, the little ones, and then sell them as pets, which in that case, I would purchase one because that would just be hilarious. <laughs> um, but all seriousness tonight, as a, as a, going into tonight, uh, our captain has played 999 games. That's eighth on the all-time list. Uh, he is about to be only 23 games behind Sedano Chara. So he's going to be moving up the ranks there. He's also on the precipice still of 400 goals. Um, he is 397. So, you know, fingers crossed. I'm hoping for that Hattie tonight. That would be amazing. Um, so he's in fifth place there. He's only got then, uh, 402, uh, is the number to pass Middleton. Uh, he's got 513 assists, 910 points, 1028 in 
penalty minutes, uh, 283 even strength goals, 79 power play goals. He is, of course, the king of the shorties. Uh, first place right there. And by Jordan far, he's going to be holding game, that for a long time. Game winning goals. He's right up there, too. And game he, winning goals. Yep. He is tied for third with game winning goals because the other night when he uh, last scored, uh, that was also a game winner that uh, that night that they shut out Vancouver. That was the game winner. So he's tied for third there. So uh, with that, we will have a little special something um, ahead of our next episode next week in honor of Brad Marchand. We'll do our little uh, Marshy Love Fest, as I'm sure we will all witness tonight on Nessun. There's all sorts of special guests. Uh, rumored to be in attendance. Rumored to be in attendance for the 1,000th game. <clears throat> yeah, 37. Yes. So um, we will have our own special thing next week. So make sure you tune in for that. Find us, you know, on all of our socials. Join us in our Discord. We have a heck of a time. Uh, any final uh, thoughts or words tonight from you, Maria? Just to add to that, the Bruins will be honoring uh, Brad Marchand. Mm -hmm during the matinee game on Monday when yep. the Bruins face old friend Tyler Sagan and the Dallas Stars. So, Indeed. you know, it might uh, might have a little extra special feeling to have, you know, Tyler Sagan yeah. there as as Brad is being celebrated on on Monday. Um, short, short of that, my expectations tonight is not to see what we saw mm. on Saturday. Amen to that. Uh, all right. Well, that was a record time, and we have approximately six minutes to get in front of our TVs to turn on Nessun and watch our favorite Rat King. So with that, go bees! Go bees! <laughs>